In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Gospel of the Lord. The words of the Lord. I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Those are the words of the gospel that you just heard preached. And it is true that all over the world, there is good news of great joy being proclaimed. The solemnity that we celebrate tonight, the nativity of the Lord, is outranked in our liturgical calendar only by the Paschal Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday. It is the highest order of solemnity that the church has. And it's just the beginning of the season of Christmas. It's just the very first moment of Christmas. Because following today, the church enters into the octave of Christmas, Eight days to celebrate this great mystery that Father Albert already touched about, this great mystery that is at the same time so simple that God, because he loves each and every one of you, gave his son so that his son could die for you. Following those eight days, 
We enter four more days, making a total of 12. That's where we get the famous song, the 12 days of Christmas. And then even beyond that, we get a total of 40 days within Christmas tide, ending on February 2nd to celebrate this extraordinary solemnity. So when we say Merry Christmas to one another, let's keep in our hearts the fact that Christmas has just begun. You know, a lot of times when I meet somebody new and they find out that I'm an ordained deacon, one of the very first questions they'll ask me is, what does a deacon do? Now, I usually use this as an opportunity to mention to them that, like with any other sacrament, it's not really about doing, it's more about being, right? The sacraments make us into something new. They don't give us necessarily a new assignment. It would be strange to ask a man who was recently married, hey, what does a husband do? Or maybe a woman who's been received into the church and been recently baptized, excuse me, what does a Christian do? Similarly, bishops, priests, and deacons, when we are ordained, we're not defined principally by what we do, but with who we are. Now, having said all that, It's not lost on me, the fact that among the proper aspects that corresponds to being a deacon is the great responsibility of proclamation, of proclaiming. Proclamation is to declare something officially, publicly, and with great emphasis. That's what proclamation means. Officially, publicly, and with great emphasis. And of course, you hear that when the deacon proclaims the gospel as an example. And I think about that great responsibility of proclamation that corresponds to me perhaps as a deacon, but corresponds to all of us as baptized Christians to proclaim this great mystery that we are witnessing today, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That word, gospel, we lose track of what it means. It just simply means good news. The good news, that's what we're called to proclaim. Good news of great joy to all people. And that good news is the birth of our Savior that the gospel tells us is Christ and Lord. He's Christ because he's the anointed one, the one we've been waiting for. All throughout the season of Advent and for hundreds of years, centuries before his coming, People were waiting for him. There are some still in the world today in 2022 that are still waiting for the coming of the Messiah. That is what it means to be Christ, the Savior, the one we've been waiting for, and Lord, the Master, the Creator, the Father, the Brother, the Friend. That's the good news, and it should fill us with great joy. And it's a message for all people because Jesus Christ is the answer to every question. He's the source of every inspiration. And he's the giver of all good things. My brothers and sisters, it's hard not to contrast that proclamation of that great news, of that great joy available to all people to not contrast that with the reality of how that news was being lived out 2,000 years ago by the Holy Family themselves. 
Because if proclamation is something official, and it's something public, and it's something with great emphasis, well, the scene of the Holy Family at this time, 2,000 years ago, right now, at this moment, was anything but. There was no office that they held as they wandered into Bethlehem after a long journey. Instead, they were poor outsiders with a young woman about to give birth. There was no public event as they approached in their exhausted little family on the back of a tired animal. Instead, they approached individually and they approached quietly. There was no emphatic announcement of their arrival. But instead, a lot of doors actually got shut in their face as they struggled to find lodging. But when our Blessed Mother gave birth to the child that we celebrate today, everything changed. Everything changed. The whole of the universe was transformed. Isaiah prophesies in that first reading, the people who walked in darkness saw a great light. Upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, a light shone. A light, as you heard in that first reading, that would smash the yoke that burdens us, that would smash the pole on our shoulders, the rod of our taskmasters. It would break all of that. A light that would burn up every boot that tramples us in our own personal battles. A light that would burn up the cloak of every warrior that attacks us. And make no mistake, warriors attack us every day, whether we see them or not. A light that was in the form of a child, and not just a child, but a son. Isaiah calls him, appropriately, the wonder counselor, the God hero, the father forever, the prince of peace, and his name is Jesus. And when he first appears in our lives, it can be very unexpected. It can be maybe even bewildering or overwhelming or disorienting. Remember the shepherds that you heard about in the gospel. At the moment of his birth, the angels appeared and they were fearful. They were scared. Because when we have light, my brothers and sisters, we can see a lot more clearly. We can see the truth in the light. And we can see that the truth shines on good and bad. And the truth shines on right and wrong. And when we have that truth, we can see more clearly those areas in our lives that have not yet achieved the fulfillment of what we've been called to do. We can ourselves want to close the door on that. We can want to tell that light that there's no room. There's no room in our house. We may want to receive that light with little fanfare like those innkeepers did 2,000 years ago. But today, my brothers and sisters, and for this entire season, for the next 40 days, we're called to wonder in him, wonder in that child, Jesus, born in that manger. We're called to lift him up from the manger and hold him in our arms. We're called to celebrate and to honor him and to worship him. We're called to love him and importantly, to be loved by him. That is the good news, the great joy that exists for all people. Merry Christmas.